0: Hey there, I'm Rachel Roberts, and this is Don't Sleep On It by HuffPost. Happy New Year! Today, we're helping you ring in the new year with the history behind that Times Square ball drop and a lesson in how to choose the best champagne before you pop the bubbly. The Times Square ball drop is a cherished American tradition, so cherished that people wait for hours in the freezing cold, packed in with an estimated one million other hopefuls just to watch that crystal ball drop live in the heart of New York City. But you might be surprised to know that this practice has some very practical roots. A giant ball descending a pole was an important measure of time not too long ago. It all started when ship captains needed a good way to track time in order to navigate. Delicate machines called chronometers would do so, but they would often get out of sync. So Captain Robert Wahope had the idea of lowering a giant ball from an elevated position near the shore. The first ball dropped in 1829 at Portsmouth, England, marking noon. The idea caught on. Eventually, inspired by this tradition, businesses and cities began having their own ball drops. It became a point of prestige for companies to demonstrate that they could keep time, then still a universal challenge. City dwellers apparently became fond of the practice and would use the drop to set their clocks. Wanting to create a New Year's tradition, Adolph Hawkes, publisher of the New York Times and the man responsible for getting the city to name Times Square after his paper, decided to have fireworks at his Times Square building in 1904. Not being able to secure a fireworks permit three years later, he affixed a lighted time ball to the building that lowered to mark midnight. The tradition stuck and has continued far past when most people know what a time ball was used for. But now you know. And you can tell all of your friends and family as you watch that ball drop this year. And there's nothing quite as synonymous with New Year's as Champagne. Hailing from the Champagne region in France, this classic tipple is used to mark momentous occasions. While sparkling wine is made all over the world, it's the classic French fizz that captures our attention when the clock strikes midnight. But its labels can be mysterious. We talked to some experts to help us decode labels so you can pick a better bottle of Champs. First up, the missing vintage. Unlike still wines, the majority of champagne bottles don't note a vintage year. NV, non-vintage is a more common sight. Apparently, because of champagne's northerly latitude and cool climate, the blending of different vintages has been a way to guarantee consistency of quality. What the Champagnois have found over the years is that blending can also result in a wine of greater complexity and character. Next, we're tackling Premier Cru versus Grand Cru. Originally, an old system called Echelle de Cru ranked the 320 villages in the Champagne region based on the quality of their grapes as a way to determine the fruit's price. 17 villages were rated as what is now known as Grand Cru, and 42 earned the lesser Premier Cru status. One expert puts it like this. Think of Premier Cru as the gold to Grand Cru's platinum. However, Quality can vary among the villages, so the difference can be negligible. If you've ever wondered what brute is, it's the dosage of sugar in the champagne. The real function of dosage is to expand and complete the flavors in a champagne. Think of dosage like salt. When we use salt, it's not necessarily to make a dish overtly salty, but rather to enhance and elaborate other components and flavors, says one expert. If you're mulling over a Blanc de Blanc versus a Blanc de Noir, you're contemplating champagne made from white or red grapes. Experts say, stylistically, Blanc de Blancs from white grapes have pronounced acidity and a certain finesse and silkiness of texture. Blanc de Noir, on the other hand, can be a little fuller-bodied and showcase more berry fruits, especially for Pinot Noir, whereas Pinot Meunier can have more funky mushroom or floral notes. And finally, what do those itty-bitty letters R.M. or N.M. mean? Well, there's quite the debate over them in the Champs world. N.M. stands for Négociant Ménébloutant, which means a house purchases grapes from growers for its wines. R.M., on the other hand, stands for Récoltant Ménébloutant, which means the house produces wine from grapes it grows itself. Experts disagree on how much of a difference this makes. Some saying R.M. Champagne is significantly better, Others saying other factors, like the quality of a particular producer, are much more important. However, experts ultimately agree that the best way to find a good bottle of champagne is to learn about the different producers and their styles through trial and tasting. Now that's a resolution worth keeping. For all the latest news stories, head to HuffPost.com. Happy New Year!